Cape Town. Uh, we live in Sunnydale, so um, it's almost like a whole day's journey to get you. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But uh, really honored to be able to share the word with you this morning. And um, uh, Roland and Patty are our hub leaders, so we are really honored to be part of them. Amazing people. We love them. And you are very blessed to have them as um, your shepherds on this side of the world. And um, so, kind of what was some of the things that were coming through the prophetic words and, and what God was kind of saying is kind of like going to tie in a little bit with what I want to share in my heart and what I have this morning. And I want to speak on how to activate our faith. How to activate our faith. Because what we realize is that the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So therefore, God doesn't require anything that you have except your availability. That's the only thing He requires. And some things that He's going to call you and I to do are way beyond what we're comfortable with. And that's when we're playing in God's team. And that's when life becomes quite exciting. Um, I hear that many of you are Afrikaans on this side of the world, and you'll know I'm an Englishman, but I've learned something, and that's the statement, slan your nom at a plunk. <laughs> so every now and then, there's a very strong possibility that you're going to slan your nom at a plunk. Luke 18, verse 8, it says this, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on the earth? He's talking to you and I. Will he find a body of believers that are prepared to be radical for him? It's easy to play safe. But when you're putting yourself out there and saying, Jesus, if you don't come through here, we're in big trouble. That's where God wants you and I to be. Just a story. He was born in Columbus, Ohio in 1890. The third of eight children... At 11, he quit school to help with the family expenses and got his first full-time job at $3.50 per week. At 15, he got interested in automobiles and went to work at a garage for $4.50 a week. Thank you, Jesus. We earn a little bit more than that now. He knew he would never get anywhere without more schooling, so he subscribed to a correspondence home study course on automobiles. Night after night... Following long days at the garage, he worked at the kitchen table by the light of a kerosene lamp. Kind of crazy words. We don't even know what these things are. Oh, but no, we're going back there now with load shedding. His next step was already planned in his mind, a job with Freya Miller Automobile Company of Columbus. One day when he felt ready, he walked into the plant. Lee Freyer was bent over the hood of a car. The boy waited. Finally, Freya noticed him. Well, he said, what do you want? I just thought I would tell you I'm coming to work here. I'll be on the job in the morning. If I'm not worth anything, you can fire me. Early the next morning, the young man returned to the garage. Freya was not there yet. Noticing that the floor was thick with metal shavings and accumulated dirt and grease, the boy got a broom and a shovel and set to work cleaning the place. The rest of the boy's future was predictable. He went on to become the well-known uh, well known and have the reputation of the racing car driver and automobile expert. 
In World War I, he was America's leading flying ace. Later, he founded the Eastern Airlines, his name, Eddie Rickenbacker. Here was a young man that started life on the back foot and never allowed that to be a determining factor of where he is going to. And the Bible reminds us that God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and to give you a future. So therefore, you and I have a great future ahead. It has obstacles. And so somewhere along the line, what I believe and what I do have to line up. Did you hear that? Somewhere along the line, what I believe and what I do have to line up. You see, if I want to see miracles, we're talking about the God of miracles. If I want to see miracles, we have to get out of our mundane routine. I remember a story of a, of a guy that really said, Lord, I, I, wanna, I believe that you, that, that you do miracles and I, and I want to see miracles. And, and, and so he says, I want to see blind eyes open. And one day he's walking down the street and there's a blind person on the side. And, he's, and he's, I think he was singing or something. And, um, and, and as he walked past, he never did anything. God said, do you want to see blind eyes open? You just missed an opportunity. So he goes back now, and, and there's a crowd that's built up, and he's standing there, and his heart's pounding, and he's like scared, and he's nervous, and he, he doesn't know, is this him, is this God, whatever. And eventually he's, he can't, he dives over, he puts his hand on it, and says, in Jesus' name, see, and then he disappears. <laughs> well, the next day the blind person was still there. But what's the point? The point is, if you want to see blind eyes open, you're going to have to go and put your hands on them and pray in Jesus' name. Otherwise, you're never going to see a blind eye open. If you want to see miracles taking place, if you want to see Jericho's walls fall, somewhere along the line, you and I are going to have to put ourselves out there so God can do the miracle. He's looking for people like you and I, simple people. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He gets you and I on the job, and then he trains us on the job. Have you noticed that? So if we want to see the supernatural, we have to step out of our comfort zone. So if you have your Bibles, go to James chapter 2, verse 14. Reading down to verse 26, and it says this. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you say to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, does, but does not do anything about their physical need, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is dead. Verse 18, but everyone, will, but everyone says, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe and they shudder. You foolish person, do you believe, uh, uh, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was being made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that said Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, 
Not, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Please say amen. <laughs> this is going to make you uncomfortable. This is not a comfortable preach. Because what you're going to do with this after this is going to help you become the great person that God intends you to be. You see, so faith without actions is dead. That's the bottom line of that whole story. You see, what does faith mean? Faith means a confidence. It means a reliance. It means trusting. It means a conviction. You know what conviction is? Then I am persuaded within myself, this is it. It is talking about a belief. It's talking about a commitment. You see, it's easy to start something, but to keep something going is a whole other story. To say, I'm going to believe God for miracles, it's great. But when you go, you're going to get all the obstacles. They're going to kind to try and kill your faith and get you to just back off and just be the ordinary guy again. We're not going there in Jesus' name. So, and it talks about a commitment. In what? In who God is. Everything that God's going to do is based on who He said He is. Do you know Him? Do you believe that He is that? That He's the God that heals? He's the God that restores? He's the God that loves? He's the God that never leaves you nor forsakes you? Do you believe He's that God? Even when it's dark, do you still believe that? When you're lonely, do you still believe that? God doesn't change because my circumstances change. God's still exactly the same. In Daniel, Daniel writes in Daniel eleven thirty two. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Paul says the same thing in Philippians three ten. He says, "I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection." There's something about getting to know who Christ is that will cause you and I to walk in that. So when the Greek speaks about faith there, it's talking about a persuasion. It's, I am so persuaded that I will do everything that's necessary to do that. It's talking about a moral conviction. It's talking about a reliance upon Christ, an assurance, and a confidence. I know that I know that I know. I can't see this thing. I don't understand how it's going to work, but I know that I know this is God. That's the point that we need to get to. And the enemy will put enough obstacles in front of you and I to get us not to get to that point. So how do we activate our faith? Let me leave a couple of points with you, and then um, we'll see where we go to from there. Number one, you have to have something to build on. You cannot build pie in the sky on nothing. You have to have something. You cannot build something with nothing. You cannot build something. Uh, 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 you can't achieve anything not having something that you have established on. That's why our children, what are we trying to do? We're trying to establish Christ morals and values in them so that when they are older, they've got something to build on. Important. Your Christian life is based on something that you're building on. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say, though through the grace given to me, that to everyone who among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. This has got nothing to do with what I'm preaching, but let me just ask you a thought. When did faith start in your life? Was it before you were saved or after you were saved? If you say after you're saved, how do you get saved? If you never had faith to believe that God is the answer. 
So you see, here it says, God has dealt a measure of faith to you. So what happens is, in the testimony or whatever you were hearing, something started to trigger on the inside of you to believe, you know what, God, I believe that you're real. I can't see you. I've not experienced you up until now. But there's something that what I'm hearing right now that is real, and I am prepared to throw my life on it and stand on it. And that's how salvation came. And so you need to understand that in everything you and I do in life, there's going to be a measure of faith put out there, and then the the, the faith has to grow by you and I feeding it, cultivating it to make it more. Are you there? Never ran away yet? Okay. So God drops his word in our heart, and faith starts. Why do I know that? Because Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes how? By? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So, so listen, one dose of something. If you go to the doctor and he gives you antibiotics and he does a whole bunch of tablets that go with it, one's not going to help you take the whole course. You've got to keep on hearing and keep on hearing. Why? To build your faith up, to believe God. The, the God's Word is the only thing that teaches us about who He is and what He can do and His plans and purposes for us and what He intends for us. So that's why we've got to keep on hearing it. So faith cannot come in any other way. It's going to come because I'm listening to God's Word. In the Message Bible, just after that, in verse 17, it says this. The point is this. Before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's Word is preached, there is nothing to listen to. I'm going to read it to you again. The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there is nothing to listen to. It's great to listen to other people's good ideas. But you want to get on ahead in Christ? Listen to his word. His word is going to create the proper foundation for you and I. So faith has a starting point, and it's listening to God's word and meditating on it. There are many things that the world is throwing at you and I right now. The economy is under pressure. There's, there's umpteen things. What is keeping you and I level-headed in this time? Only one thing. God, you're in this. God, you created me for a time like this. I never asked to be born. You created me. Your word says so. So therefore, I'm here. That means you will look after me. I thank you. You will be my provider tomorrow. I thank you. You'll be my protector. When all the violent stats are up and da-da-da-da, all those kind of things, if I listen to that, fear will start to rise up. Faith starts to decrease. But when I start to listen to what God's word says, I become confident. I become confident. God, you will look after me. In Jesus' name. In Mark 16, 20, Jesus, uh, after he's taken up, and, and he, before he, sorry, before he's taken up, he gives us commission to us as, as he, well, to the, the apostles then, but to us as the church. He says, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> The Lord accompanied them, confirming His Word. When you go and share God's Word, He's going to accompany it with signs. And you and I need to believe that. Our Lord, so just not have the attitude, oh, let's just see what's going to happen. No, 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 no. Lord, you're going to accompany it with signs. You see, faith grows by listening to His Word. 
faith dies when you and I distance ourselves from his word. That's why he gives us certain things. Forsake not the gathering together of the brethren. Why? Because he wants to kind of keep your life busy? No, because he understands the gathering together of the brethren is the incubating place for God's word to be stirred in your and my heart. So it's not trying to make life difficult. It's creating the environment where you and I can grow. Want to believe for bigger things? I need more word. You want to do greater things? More word. More stepping out. So faith is faith is taking me where I need to go and I can't get there on my own. Faith is taking me where I need to go, but I can't get there on my own because I don't have the resources, I don't have the abilities, I don't have it. If I look back in my life right now, if I see where I started and I see where I am today, I'm thinking, wow. Lord, I had no clue that this is where we were going to be and this is what you would have done. And he's amazing God. In Luke 17, Jesus is teaching about forgiveness and, uh, and forgiveness. He's talking about, he says, if somebody comes to you and, he, and they sin against you seven times in a day, you forgive them seven times. And the, and the apostles at that stage, in Luke 17, 5, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. There are some things that, that is required of us that you and I don't have the capacity. But God can give us the ability to be able to do that. So number one, we have to build on something. Number two, we're talking about how do I activate my faith. Number two, mix with other people. Your destiny is connected to people. God's in it. We don't worship people, but we sure hang around other people because God's doing work in other people and we learn from each other. Did you realize that? Have you noticed that in life? So we need more. The more people you and I hang around, it's, 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 it's going to help me get where I am to where I need to be. Life is about people, relationships, learning from each other. And we're either getting stronger, better, increasing, or we're getting worse. There's no stagnant in our Christian life. I've got it made in the shade. No, 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 no. You and I have got it made as long as we're on the bicycle and we're pedaling and we're going somewhere. Because the day you stop pedaling is the day you fall over. And so you and I keep on going. So we never say, stay the same. So faith is exactly the same. We should be learning and teaching, helping others. I found in Christian life, I have got to be reaching out above so that I can increase. And then I've got to be helping someone who's not where I am yet. Not because I'm better than them. It's just that maybe I've been around a little bit longer. I've learned a couple of things. Been through some things. And so I'm able to help somebody else. Not because I'm this proud. You, you just don't learn from me. No, no, no. The Bible talks about being humble servants. And sharing our experiences with other people. You know what? This is, when I went through this, this is how I got through there. And, 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 and then the word becomes alive. And then you become a living testimony of the thing. Listen to me. Do you want a testimony? Do you want a testimony? You're not going to like what I'm about to tell you. You want a testimony? Great. Then you've got to go through a couple of tests. And in the test, don't be a moany. <laughs> don't be a moany. Have you hung around some people? Oh, my life is so bad. Oh, I wonder where this is going to end. No. 
Let the, let the Word of God start to come out of you. I'm, I'm going ahead of myself now. But you and I have got to start to respond in some excitement about what God's going to do. Because the darker the time, the greater the miracle. Okay. That was for free for somebody. Anyway. Number one, if you want to mix with people, get involved with people that are beyond your faith level. Hang around people that are, that are further than you. I remember there's a, there's a, a, a pastor that um, I, I know still, and I've had him around once to, to minister, and, and he was talking about, I love to steal the anointing. He says, I go and hang around, and I, sh- and I rub shoulders with people that are further down the road than me because I want to grab what they've got. And I kind of was thinking about it. You know what? When rugby players get off the field, they all stink the same because they've been rubbing shoulders with each other. They've been in the game together. They've won the game together. Come on, let's hang around other people that will help us become those great people. I'm looking for, uh, uh, looking for God, uh, people of God that can take me beyond where I am. That's what I love, Lo- Roland and Patty. There are people that are further than I am, and I want to hang around them, and I want to learn from them. Why? Because I believe that there's more inside me that needs to come out, but some people are connected to that to be able to bring it out of me. By the way, never take your leaders for granted, but Also remember this. In life, you're going to have to learn to eat fish. You eat the meat, you spit out the bones. So there's some things out there. Go and read books. Listen to people that are talking on things that you need to learn. And just learn to be able to spit out things that are maybe not all go, or if you don't understand them, put them on the shelf. But allow yourself to be exposed to people that can help you and I, that can become better. The centurion in, Acts, in Matthew chapter 8, he, he comes to Jesus. Now, there's no record of him serving God, but he comes to Jesus and he says, Master, he says, my servant is, is sick and not well at home, but if you will just speak the word, I know my servant will be healed. And he goes into this explanation. He says, because I'm a man of authority and under authority. And he says, I say to these people, come and they come and they go and they go. And Jesus' response is actually quite amazing. You'll find it in verse 10. And Jesus says this. Now remember, he's not talking about anything. There's no sign or or any indication that this guy is saved. But let me tell you what he does. He's a man that understands authority and under authority. And he is obviously watching Jesus. And he saw, because Jesus says, I don't do anything. And I don't hear my father tell me to do or I see my father do. Remember that? So yeah, we have somebody who says, I can see you're a man of authority. And then verse 10, Jesus says, I have not not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. That's a bit of a shock. Because part of your and I, my development in our faith and to believe God is also connected to my ability to submit to authority. You see, when God built his church, he didn't kind of just put some stuff together. He knew exactly what would be keys that would unlock things in your and my life. So, faith, submission, authority are all connected, and you cannot separate them. They're the package deal. We're talking about how to activate our faith, and we're talking about hanging around people that are beyond us. Remember Elijah and Elisha? There was a time when Elisha would not leave Elijah 
Elijah would say, stay here. And he says, I call now. I'm not going to stay up here. I'm coming with you. Wherever you are, I'm going to be. And what was the end result? That just before Elijah was taken up, he says, what do you want me to do for him? And in verse 2 Kings 2.9, it says, when they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you? Because I'm about to be taken from you. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha reported. You see, Elisha had watched Elijah's life. He had seen all the challenges and the mountains and the things that he went through. And he got to realize, if I'm going to be a person that's going to walk in victory, I need double what's on your life. And he says, if you see me go, you will have it. Number two, in under mixing with other people. B, get involved with people that are not where you are. Help other people Grow in their faith. I am running out of time. Peter and John go to the gate beautiful. And there's somebody looking for help. He says, sovereign God, we don't have. But what we do have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You know there's something on the inside of you that God wants you to give away. It's your experiences. It's your, what you know of Christ. Worship team. The reason why you are there is because God's doing things with you. And in your worship and leading the church, he wants you to give that away so that other people can experience him. When we're ministering the word, we're ministering not because we're clever. It's because God's called us. But there's something that we go through that we, we want to we give you, our experience, our heart, our whatever. That's why it's important for us to be a, keep walking right. Remember, you catch... What people have, not what they say they have. If you've got measles and you tell me uh, you've got mumps, what am I going to catch? I'm not going to catch the measles that you say. I'm going to catch what you are, the, the, the mumps. And so people are catching something from you and I. And Paul says this when he's teaching the Corinthian church and breaking of bread. He says, for I received from the Lord that which I passed on to you. There's something about God wants to pass us on. The things that we learn, we're going to pass on. Why? Because it's going to help somebody else. Number three, we're talking about how to activate our faith. Faith must have a voice. Faith must have a voice. In Romans 10, 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will say, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you come into the kingdom through your confession, you're going to live in the kingdom via your confession. You're going to declare the promises of God into existence in your life. Christianity is called the great confession. In Luke 4, verse 6, it's, uh, verse 45, it says, A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. What is really on the inside of you when the pressure is on is going to come out of your mouth. Do you really believe God when the pressure's on? That's what, you see, did you wake up this morning, squeeze your toothpaste tube and sunlight liquid came out? No. Toothpaste came out. You know why? Because that tube is full of toothpaste. When the enemy squeezes you, what's going to come out of you? Just a question. 
And here's the next deal. You can't ride on other people's faith. You can't ride on other people's faith. You'll hear it. You'll enjoy it. You'll whatever. But you can't ride on it. You've got you to ride, build your own faith. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe. The one that came to Jesus right there. He was saying to them, if you can believe, all things are possible. All things are possible. So why am I sharing these kind of things? Because I believe that we believe in God for revival. We believe in God for revival. Who do you think he's going to use? Farney from America? No. He's going to use Farney from Brackenfell. That's it. hope there's no Farney in here. Yeah, I'll go find find him. Go and find him. He's going to use me and you. And so who's the power of God going to flow through? Me and you. That's how simple it is. Are you ready? Do you want it? I want it. Remember the seven sons of Sceva in Acts 19? Just going through these things quickly now just so we can get to the end. But they were trying to cast out a demon in the name of Jesus that they heard Paul preach about. And the Bible says that the demon came out there and gave them an absolute hiding. Because somewhere along the line, you're going to have to dig your own well with God, and you're going to have to develop your own faith to believe Him for what He says. Romans 10, verse 8, it says, And what does it say? The Word is near you. It is in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the Word of faith we are proclaiming. The Word that you and I put inside us is going to be the Word that's going to come out of us. So when the enemy is squeezing you, when you are believing God for something, you're going to have to start to speak the Word more than your feelings. You're going to have to speak your Word more than what community is saying. <laughs> so let, let me give you a quick example. When we were in Lady Brand and uh, we went to go and buy a house, um, and um, so I put in the first application to the bank, and it denied me. Second application denied me. Third application denied me. I'm thinking, what? Am I that bad? Nobody wants to loan me money. So I stood up in front of the church. I said, church, I just want you to know that I'm applying to buy this house. First bank, no. Second bank, no. Third bank. We're putting our application into the fourth bank, and I want you to tell you that nobody else can buy that house because that house is mine. <laughs> Because when you get desperate, you have to do desperate things. That bond thing came back. We'll give you a 90% bond. I said, thank you, Jesus. It's my house. You're not taking my house from me. Jesus' name. Something we, we, we can't. I got the answer on Friday. Yes, yeah, today's Sunday, Friday. So what happens is we've been living in a home and um, lots of stuff. So the, the, uh, it's a house that Josh Jen actually had rented, and uh, when we were moving down from Bloemfontein a year ago, we couldn't find a home, and, and it became empty, so they said, listen, you can take over the rental and um, just take, pay the rent and whatever, so it was great. So that was coming to an end, and so we're trying to find another house, and we don't, no, 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 be careful if you want to rent a home. It's, it, it has lots of challenges in Cape Town, because there's just not enough homes. So for three months, we've been looking for a home, and we just Every time somebody else gets the house, gets us, whatever. And so when we put in our, re our notice to say we're going to be moving out, I've got to realize, oh, oh really, that's a bit of a challenge. So we, I, I, I reapplied and said, listen, I want to actually apply for the house in my own name. Well, they came up with some crazy things of what I needed. I mean, they wanted me to prove my employment for the next year. And I'm thinking, in which contract and in where do I have to do that? Because there's nobody on the earth that will guarantee my employment for the next year. 
I mean, they were asking some crazy things. I was supposed to be out of the house by the end of January. We're still in the house, by the way. And I just, I just paid the next month's rent. <laughs> so, they, so they couldn't, you know, they couldn't say, you haven't paid, so get out of the house. I mean, I paid. And um, so eventually, on Friday, they said, it's okay. Everything, signed the papers. Man, they emailed it to me that same day before I even went to sleep. I went and printed it off, signed everything, emailed it back, paid the deposit. I paid everything, so they, they can't say no now. You see, some, our faith has to have a voice. That we have, to, we have to get up and stand for what we believe. And then the last one, number four, faith must have actions. You have to do something. Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will it be poured into your lap? For with the measure you use will be measured back to you. What is your need? You have to put some action to your need. What are you believing God for? And here's the, here's the thing. I believe that there's a process. You know, if you're not well, you go to your GP. And if you're not finding answers there, what do you do? You go to the next person that's maybe a little bit more qualified, whatever, and whoever that could be. And eventually you land up with specialists, and then eventually you land up, I don't know, with surgeons or whatever. But you just keep going up the line until you get the answer. Is that right? How about us doing that with our faith? You use the principles of the word. So the Bible says where two or more agree, it comes to pass. So what happens is we get together, hey, I have a need, and we just share it with the brothers and sisters, and we pray. But if something doesn't, if this thing's not breaking, what do you do? Oh, Lord, obviously I tried, but it didn't happen. No. I believe there's, there's another level. So you're in a com. You go to your com leader. Because now they're your immediate shepherd. They are supposed to be caring for you. So I believe that there's a, a, a level of authority that they're given so they can pass to you well. So you go to them and say, listen, this is a need. I'm not getting breakthrough. Can I ask you to agree with me? So then they pray. If that doesn't happen, what do you do? Well, I believe there's another level. It's called deacons. So you go to them. You say, hey, listen, I want you to put your faith here. We believe in God. And if that doesn't happen, what do you do? You go to the next level. Remember in James, it says, if any of you are sick, call for the, the elders. You see, so often, now let me tell you why this thing doesn't work all that well sometimes. It's because the elders see that you're not well, and they care for you, and they will come for you. But there's something different when you call for the elders. There is something about us that's rising up on the inside of you that's saying, God, I want to live what your word says. Call for the elders. And if that doesn't happen, call the lead elder. And if that doesn't happen, you go up the... the, the, the um, the, the, the apostolic, you, you go heading for those ones. What? You see, the enemy will always put obstacles in your way to see when will you give up. He doesn't make life easy. He will make it as hard as possible because he wants you to back off. We're not one of those that back off. Devil, you pick on us, we're going to make life terrible. When we wake up in the morning, you better know that your life is going not to be lacquer today because I am alive and the Spirit of God lives on the inside of me and I am going to get out there and I'm going to share what God's doing with me. I'm going to witness to people. You see, if you're not getting breakthrough in your life, get out there and do something for the kingdom of heaven.
Become aggressive on the inside. Activate your faith. Activate your faith. So we're going to do that this morning. Can we? Hallelujah. But before we do that, let me ask you, is there anybody in this place you don't know Jesus? Maybe you visited today. I don't know who you are. 